0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor AJ Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, better known as the love chapter of the Bible, or perhaps just that chapter that they always read at weddings. So what's going on with this chapter? It's so popular. I mean, it's it's beautifully written. I mean, it is written almost like a poem, right? Uh, you know, love is love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast; it's not arrogant or rude. I, I bet a lot of people could could just kind of cite half of this chapter just from all the movies they've watched. But what is Paul talking about? You know, we, we've seen that in all of this 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 book, this letter uh, about division, about speaking in tongues. Actually, uh, this chapter seems to have a lot to do with those things. So if it's not really about weddings and romantic love, uh, how does it have to do with the situation in Corinth? It, it does a lot. Uh, and rather than make that less applicable, I think it makes it more applicable. Because Paul is basically talking about how you're supposed to live as a church and how you're supposed to talk to people, especially about things that uh, people get really animated about, let's say. So... uh yeah, this is going to be really good. I'm looking forward to this. And joining us, we have one of our regular guests. We've got Pastor David Boyce-Claire, pastor at Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Churches in Pine Lawn, Missouri. Good morning, David. It's good to good have morning. you back again. I'm glad that I've good got morning. you for this chapter. It, this is one of these where people kind of assume they already know what it means, but maybe not.
1: Right. That's. I think that's a good, very good intro on this. Yes, and that's that's kind of a, a really difficult problem because I think this is this is really the essence of everything. <laughs> to make it a little bit yeah. more enigmatic. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But yeah. it, it it actually is a you know yeah. if you well, really no, want to you? know, I think it's a chapter yeah. that talks about God. You know the essence. God in yeah. His essence, God is love.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And I've actually, you know, that was interesting. The first time I heard someone preach it that way. Um, of course, you know that language. God is love from from John. But if you kind of like put the two together, and what they did is they said, you know, uh, go back and read this. And instead of love, say so, say Christ. And so say, you know, right. I have all faith, so let's remove mountains. But have not Christ, I am nothing. Um, you know, but uh, have not Christ, yeah. I gain nothing. Christ is patient, and kind, and, and that was that was certainly. I mean, so that that's I think one level, and that's totally a, a good level we want to read it on. Um, but I mean, it it is. Uh, so it's just anyway. There's there's kind of like multiple levels here that really just get to, as you're saying, the essence or the heart of Paul's whole letter here,
1: right exactly it's well and it's interesting that uh the commentators say that in this is kind of put plum in the middle of a discussion of the spiritual gifts just like uh chapter 9 is put plum in the middle of a discussion of uh, uh sacrifices offered to idols in other words it center it it's yeah. it gives the proper uh christian center to this whole discussion, and it and it and it really orients everything,
0: right? So, so yeah. So we we want to really want to make sure that today, especially, just because of how, as you were saying the, the way it is positioned in this in this letter, um, and then also because of how it is so commonly taken out of context, going to want right. to really pay attention to how this thing links up to the preceding and the following chapter even more than we usually do. So. Um, I yeah, know this is—I'm really looking forward to this one here. Well, uh, without any further ado, would you start us off with a prayer as we turn to the text?
1: Yes. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in love you created and redeemed us in our Lord Jesus Christ. In holy baptism you give us life by your Holy Spirit. Grant his loving presence with us in this morning hour as we take up This blessed chapter of your word that we may grow in faith and love toward you and one another in the mystical body of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
0: Amen. Uh, And I appreciate, you know, in your prayer reminding us about uh, the, the idea of the body uh, because that and that was actually something that we we didn't have as as much of a chance to talk about last time when we were looking at chapter 12 uh but yeah chapter 12 man well wow, that was there was a lot going on in that chapter and we were really focusing on the spiritual gifts there um at the beginning and the end of chapter 12 but they're in the middle of 12 right uh there there's the talk about the the one body with many members and 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 right. the stuff he has those those kind of hypotheticals if the foot should say because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. Um, and, then, and then the other uh, kind of uh, moments that Paul has there, um, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Or uh, then his other quote, the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. And so we didn't have a chance to talk about that, but I think that that context really informs then uh, th- this whole chapter about what starts off as speaking, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, well, the most recent quotes in Paul were the members of the body talking to each other and talking to each other in a belittling way.
1: Right. And, and, and it's interesting. It's like it's really, uh, you know, so involved and so, so much, uh, you know, the, the, the business. It's sort of like if maybe if you might think back to when you had your last uh, uh, district convention or synodical convention or all of these conventions, the political conventions going on, and you have all of that business going on. And mm-hmm. here is Paul is kind of having a step back. And let's see what. It really. What what is it that uh, makes makes? Why, why are we here? Why are we doing this? What's it all about?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, that, that's right. It's uh, it is the big idea, and, and so we can't treat it as like, oh, this is just kind of a, I don't know, a, a nice thing that Paul wrote because he was like, you know, what? I I ought to include something for the married people, and so he kind of throws this in as a bonus or something, right? right exactly (laughs) and and it is an aspect
1: it is an aspect of married life as it is an aspect of our christian life with god this is the this is our life with god it is what is essential you know if there is no love or agape there is no life with god there's nothing it's absolutely for nothing it's it you know it's a just an exercise in futility
0: Yeah, no, that's that's right. What he
1: tells us, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, no, and and, uh, I mean, yeah, just just, even though Paul might not be speaking about in the first place, uh, romantic love or 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 married love, like you're saying, I mean, it's really hard to do uh, marriage without things like love and forgiveness and patience, right? (laughs) You know, and all the rest, and you know, right? uh, But uh, we'll, well, we'll get into. I think. Hopefully, a lot of these things, and hopefully it was a good opportunity for questions as well. But let's just go ahead and read this to begin with here. So here it is, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in the English Standard Version from the top. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love... I am nothing. If I give away all I have, if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. The greatest of these is love. So uh, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that I read that perfectly, but I was trying to emphasize the words that are actually emphasized in the Greek, uh, which I think when you understand where the emphasis that Paul has is, uh, it sounds a lot different from the way this is almost always read, um, especially there towards, uh, uh, for instance, in, in the middle, where you have uh, the love bears all things." You know Paul keeps emphasizing the word "all" and when you talk about why he's emphasizing "all." Um, and then later on, um, his whole childish ways thing, people I think, kind of always make that connection to like, oh yeah, you know, the groom is finally growing up he's finally ready to commit <laughs> it's such mm-hmm. such an interesting way how we can just kind of like you know we're kind of reinterpret all of this but um paul's emphasizing the word now like that, that's not like a uh, so so now faith hope and love no 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 he's not using now like that it's like now at this moment now at this time but then at that time so he's emphasizing a eschatology of yes, all things, so absolutely, this, uh, absolutely, the, the chapter all... has just really different e- emphases than people really think. Oh, a-
1: absolutely, and and uh, the thing is, 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 it's a big exercise in in uh, a hypothetical situation, yeah. because it is impossible for there to be a Christian church or a body of Christ without love or agape you know i was i was wondering whether we wanted yeah. to at one point look at the four different types of love in the greek language uh that yeah. th- i don't know whether that'll cast any light on it but in a sense he's kind of saying it's a hypothetical thing let's imagine us uh, carrying on and there not yeah. being any love well it's nothing it's it's an exercise in futility of, of, of vanity of of nothingness and, and there is, you know, there is no Christian. You know, I do not have a, a relationship with God without love or without His love. But of course, a, a faith is part of it too. Luther said there are two. The two parts of Christianity are faith and love. And hope, of course, is like faith that is for things of the future. And if you don't have those two, you know, you don't have your Christian faith and and that's that's what he said so it's like a big hypothetical okay let's say for example I, I can do all of this stuff you know i don't have any love where am i at that's that's the question right yeah
0: no it, it's uh yeah it, it's 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 really interesting how it just it does feel a lot different than than we might think and how like you were saying it's love uh, not in the way that we're accustomed to talking about it. You know, just you think about love songs, right? Or just, you know, you, love in kind of like any of the kind of popular, uh, you know, consumer product kind of stuff. And it's just, he's not talking about love that way. It, it is different. And, and, and maybe that the, the question of the four loves uh, could be helpful for the four words anyway, the Greek words. Um, I've never stopped and counted how many different words there are for it in Hebrew, uh, so <laughs> different, right. different perspectives on that. Maybe, maybe instructive briefly, that would be well. helpful.
1: The, the, you know, well, how, in how might you summarize
0: course, the the four different words?
1: There's there is uh, the the word eros, which of course is uh, you know the, uh, among the Greeks, if they thought of love, that's the that's the probably the one they would think of the most. That of course is a passionate, impulsive, all-consuming desire for someone or something. You know, in other words, it's like, a, like a, a real longing, a real, you know, it's like I want to eat you up or something like that type of love. Then, of course, there is right. philia, which is usually said to be the, the love between friends, or, or it's sort of a general love of humanity, you might say. It, but it also implies an mm-hmm. obligation. You know, if I love... People, I'm going to be obligated to help them because, and I, because I want to. You know, that's that's philia. Then there's one that's a little bit, uh, you know, not even mentioned in in the um, uh, uh, Kittle dictionary, is the is the word storge, which is a love where oh, sure. uh, is a f- familial love and uh, it it um uh, yeah. there it also involves eros eros you know of course obviously is is what we would consider sexual or or romantic love and then storge of course in considering the family is that type of of affection but then you have the word agape now agape in in classical greek is not well, very widely used. In fact, the the noun agape is it hardly appears in classical Greek or the Greek before the New Testament. It it refer it is a usually an affection of someone greater for someone less. You know, in other words, let's say a king for his subjects or something. It it has the idea of choice. In uh, other mm-hmm. words, like, uh, uh, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I hated. That's basically, it's not like God hated yeah. Esau. It says he chose uh, Jacob, and he did not choose Esau. Mm-hmm. And this empty mm-hmm. cup, which is agape, is what the Holy Spirit takes and fills with the fullness of of the love of God, you know it, it's and, and it's the word agape, yeah. And, and it and it and it and it becomes, you know, cult, if you think about it historically in the history of ideas, it it explodes in in the biblical, uh, you know, in the New Testament, and in in in, uh, in Christian understanding and theology, you know, it, it is it is God, and and God's love that we have that He has for us. And that we have for one another. Jesus says, "Greater love has no one than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends." And of course, Jesus is the is love. He is the epitome or the example of love. Uh,
0: and I really appreciate that that uh, really succinct uh, overview there. And what you, I really like the way you put it there at the end too. That God takes this empty cup and fills it with meaning, because I mean. Uh, I, I mean, we got to acknowledge. Uh, and I think it's important the way that you that you just did so that you know th- th- these. This is a this is one particular language, right? And 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 like where you draw the line between you know uh, a word for a, a love word, right? And then any other yeah. word. I mean, you know, I mean, because someone could say like, well, well, goodness, we don't we don't have um, you know that many words for love in English. Well, I mean, sure we do: intimacy, um, you know, uh, arousal, affection, obsession. Uh, you, you could say loyalty, fealty. It, it, I mean, I mean, you, you, I mean. Really, it's kind of like steadfastness, right? You, devotion. I mean, Body. you got to go on and on and be like, oh yeah, well, I I I guess that could be, yeah, you know. And and I feel like they probably would have done the same thing, um you know, among Greek speakers here, been like, oh yeah, I guess I, I guess that's a, a love word, you, yeah, you know. I mean, so where like where you draw the lines and all these things is, you know, uh, it, it's it's a kind of a, a sticky thing. It's a, a lot, a lot of, you know gray fuzzy boundaries uh between these things but like you were saying like you know god kind of takes this word that's there in greek that isn't even like you were saying like that maybe even widely used but really kind of uh takes it and just runs with it takes it and right. goes even further with it and so like you were saying i really like that like how you're bringing that out that that idea of a you know a king like favoring one of his subjects Right. right that that idea of of showing favor uh, i think that's that's exactly the, the kind of sense we need to be thinking about which of course is not particularly i don't know what we want to have in mind when we're when we're thinking about weddings especially today right when we're thinking about marriage we're like well hang on what like you know, the, like the groom king showing favor for <laughs> the lowly wife subject, you know, uh, but it works really well for, you know, for God so loved the world, uh, you know, God showing favor upon all of humanity, among all of his created beings, right? Even greater uh, favor than that which he showed to the angels, right? Like, I mean, it really does help us, I think, in that sense, kind of understand where the, the biblical language is coming from.
1: Exactly, and here you see Paul and John. Uh, you know, well, all of you can see the, the, um, uh, un, you know, the the unity of Scripture here because this is this is exactly the theology of John. This is the theology of the entire Word of God, and and uh, you know, I mean, and and, it, and it, I think John, of course, you know, he says uh, he he says God is love, and and those who you know. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He that does not love does not know God, because God is love, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. There's a song they made of that. Mm -hmm. And 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 this that's basically, (laughs) hey, are we forgetting God here a little bit when we're squabbling with one another? When we're when we're, uh, you know, even in in, in, I think it's in Galatians, he says, be careful, you do not devour one another. Uh, And and it's it's like. You know, love, of course, like, like as Eros, let's say, which is that all-powerful, passionate love, which, which is a good—there's a good thing about it. It's a God-created uh, oh, yeah. e- uh, thing right. that, it, that we don't uh, use people or even God for our own benefit. You know, it's, it's what can I do for, for the Lord? What can I do for my uh, fellow uh, Christian whom I love in Christ?
0: Well, so get, getting back to that idea, like what you just said, like the fellow Christian, I, I think I think seeing that is is central to this, um, and and there's two things that to me really tip this off in the very first verse. Uh, the one is um, in you know I mean and it's there actually to to the ESV's credit, like the way that they uh, translate it is uh, not too far from this, but uh, in, in the Greek, the very first words are if. I mean, it's like, it's kind of just if uh, the tongues, right? So, like, yeah. the, the very first thing is, is, is tongues. Um, and, and it's like this about, about speaking. And, uh, what, what's interesting then too is that the verb that you get for speaking is, is not your regular word for, you know, he said, she said, but right. it's more, it's, it's a, you know, I mean, I, I was, I was, I've done this a few times, like kind of look at this word and say, Okay, hang on, what's going on with this word? And and to the best of of my observation, this word in the New Testament seems to almost always describe particularly public speaking. Mm. So not not even just like like, you know, like someone says something to somebody over here, but like, you know, like the shepherds, like uh, announcing something, like what they have seen, or or the disciples speaking something for all to hear. It, it seems to always have to do with this—or or, or speaking in church so that all the brothers hear, right? Uh, the idea is like this like kind of public speech. And so, I mean, that, I think, really sets us up to say, well, hang on a second. We're talking about public speaking here? Um, and I think that to, to just really kind of orients things towards, oh, like maybe this really is, like you were saying— uh, a very particular take on how to live together in a congregation.
1: Right. Exactly. It's, and, and that, because that's, it's like, okay, now this is what we've been talking about, folks, you know, the Apostle in, in chapter 12. Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's uh, look at this now, and let's, let's even, you know, even if, uh, you know, and then, of course, there's the, the tongues of, me, of the men and, or people, obviously. It's a yeah. generic man, and angels— and, uh, you know, in, in a sense there, there may be a language of the angels, because in 2 Corinthians the apostle talks about being caught up in the third heaven in, in a vision that the Lord gave him, and he heard things that, that are impossible to be uttered. So, so let's say a person has that ability to speak in all human languages and all angelic languages, you know, that's, yeah. that kind of, and publicly, as you said. That's, that's kind of like the activity of speaking publicly.
0: Yeah. Well, well yeah, and and I think we want to take a look to uh like you you mentioned uh, uh, the angel's speech, uh particularly what he, what he could be talking about there because we've we've seen that a couple times now where he has mentioned uh the angels. I think that was back in 11 on head coverings where he's like, you know, uh you mm-hmm. know, w- women need to wear head coverings, you know, because of the angels. Right? So he's just kind of thrown in the angels a couple times now and here he does it again. Um, and I think that gets picked up in the next chapter, but it's time to take our break here. So let's we'll hold that thought, everybody. Hold on. We're looking at First Corinthians chapter thirteen, the love chapter. Here on Thy Strong Word, we'll be right back. <laughs>
1: How do we love our neighbor on the internet? Why are the creeds so important? What does it mean to practice Christian hospitality? Questions like these are answered in every edition of The Lutheran Witness, the monthly magazine of the LCMS. The Lutheran Witness can help you interpret the world from a Lutheran Christian perspective by providing reliable, biblical reflections on the issues that you care about the most. Get your free issue at cph.org witness. That's cph.org
2: witness. Our listeners and supporters are talking about Worldwide KFUO.
0: Yeah, I think your programming is just wonderful. I love the emphasis on the traditional tunes rather than the modern music. Keep up the good work. Thank you.
2: To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. That's 314-996-1542. 996-1542. 996-1542. Nine, nine, Christ for you. Anytime, anywhere. Worldwide KFUO.
0: Welcome back everybody to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor H.A. Espinosa. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the most popular wedding chapter of all the scriptures here. But as we were seeing, um, in some ways, it's really the public speaking chapter of the Bible, and how does that change things? That's what we're talking about with our guest today, Pastor David boyce pastor at Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Churches in Pine Lawn, Missouri. If you'd like to join the conversation and you're listening live, you give us a call, 1-800-730-2727. If you've got a question or a comment or observation. Maybe a funny uh, wedding anecdote. That's all good. Uh, also, if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850. You can also send an email with your questions or comments, kfuo at kfuo.org. Or you can join the conversation by posting a comment on the live stream, facebook.com slash AJ Espinosa. want to thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Thank you guys for your support of Thy Strong Word. Their website is lhfmissions.org. Check that out, just uh, really quick after the program, if you have a minute. Uh, their, their news page is always updating with cool stuff going on all over the place. So, yeah. So just just before the break, brother, we were talking about this. That, okay, you know, uh, there's. Well, actually, I don't know what you you you. You you helped me develop this thought. What wow. were we talking about beforehand? And well, like oh, yeah, this, we were I, I, we're I basically
1: talking it. about. Uh, you we mentioned it about the activity that that the apostle is is kind of dealing with, and it's it's what's going on in the Corinthian congregation, is, that's is, right, is that's right. they're they're really busy with a lot of things. They're busy with with prophecy and and uh, you know speaking in other languages. Mm -hmm. and God-willing interpretation or a translation of other languages. And there is also the, you know, in other words, but then there is some... Unloving things going on there is uh yeah. you know people are 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 what they we call schismatic or, or you know party uh, party spirit i am of paul i'm of, of apollos and so on i'm of christ you know guess what i'm of christ and you're not and then also yeah. they're 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 doing they're kind of carrying out in a very uh unloving Attitude, you know, with holy right. communion, you dealt with, you know, but you basically it was like a potluck meal at the congregation, and then of course the the leader, the pastor, takes uh, of the the bread and wine from the meal and and celebrates the Lord's supper. And here you got people that are going away completely hungry, others coming away drunk, uh, you know. And there's there is and and he's saying there's something wrong here. There's something missing in all of this, and that's and that's that, that, kind of what we were saying in this yeah, particular
0: yeah. case. No, no, and thank I, you. That, that that's it's very helpful. I wanted to I was especially about the, what you were saying about like the angel thing there at the, at the end. Right. Um that was the thought that I was having. The way that Paul talks about angels in 1 Corinthians is really interesting because it's 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 a few times that he's mentioned this that it was back in chapter 4 that he's he's criticizing the Corinthians for how you know, a, allegedly wise and, and you know, like kings they are, um, and then and then what's fascinating is that he says, "Well, we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men." Okay, and and then so okay, that's interesting. He mentions angels, and then later in chapter six, uh, he, he's talking about like the divisions and the grievances between each other in the congregation, and then he goes and says. Um, I mean, this, this is just so interesting how he's been like subtly doing this. Do you not know we are to judge angels how much more right. than matters pertaining to this life? And then finally in 11, what I was mentioning before, um, a woman needs to wear a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. So he's been kind of like dropping this here and there, this stuff about angels. And when you notice the way he's doing it, it's like almost all in this way of kind of saying you guys are obsessed with this angel stuff and we're talking about something way more important. We're going to judge angels. The stuff the the woman in in the marriage relationship represents something greater than angels. I mean I mean the way that he's talking about it is saying I mean I think in effect because this is where we're going chapter 14, you guys are speaking in tongues and you're like, "Oh, look at me, I'm speaking angel languages." And that is not that impressive, and we're talking about something way more important than angel languages, or whatever that is.
1: Exactly, yes. I think that's a good take on this. And, that's, and, and, and because there's a lot of that going on, you know, if you read uh, uh, St. Paul's other epistles, is that like, like they, they speak about the worship of angels, or, you know, the, the activity yeah. of angels. Well, a- that has to be placed in proper perspective with God— of course, being the one who's in charge here. (laughs) Right. If you use that, I mean, again, I don't. I, 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 it's not a very gospel word, you know. You, you want to say maybe he is the he is the one who works all things in all th- in, in everyone, you know. God is the one, you know. At like the beginning of of uh, chapter twelve, he, he talks about the Trinity. You know, it's the same. Uh, it's the same God who works all things, and you know, it's the Spirit, then then the, the Lord, which is of course Christ, and then the Father, the God who works all things in all ways, and 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 he has an order he has yep. an order uh, the angels are under him <laughs> and then you know yeah. and, and and you know there is there is God's order which w- which will be taken up in the next chapter
0: well, well yeah, yeah that's right and it's really important uh, again to be thinking about where we are going in that next chapter and um, it's just so interesting that in, in chapter 14 then you know he really is focusing on prophecy and tongues so again public speaking. You know, and and it really is just all about um, public speaking, uh, teaching. He continues, right, it's interesting, in in chapter 14, verse 7, if even lifeless instruments such as the flute or the harp. So he uses the instrument metaphor still. Yes, Um, like he does here at the beginning of this chapter. Exactly, right? So um, I, I think that really ought to be cluing us in here. When he's like, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, I mean, he's just he's he's really kind of saying, guys, if you speak in tongues, you think you're impressing angels or something Uh, like, hey, look, they speak our language. Uh, Guys, what does it matter if you're making all this noise and no one understands you? That's not helping anybody. And, And I think it's not just speaking about tongues here, but if you guys speak without love, it's like the same thing. And I, and I feel like this is this is so true and just in our experience. And it's really, I think, a point of wisdom that's taken me a long time to even kind of like half learn. But what, when, when you're talking to somebody and you don't speak with love, that is to say that if you're not being sympathetic, if your tone is very like terse or like, just like, hey, I'm just giving you information like I would give, you know, my google assistant or alexa information right And you just treat someone like they're they're like a robot or a machine or or the per- person thinks that you hate them right it's just it's just exactly. amazing how it communication's impossible they they will not understand anything you say everything you say that could possibly have two meanings they take the second one i i, I mean it it's just it's just really something and i think he's getting at this this point that you know all, all the things that you say and all the knowledge you allegedly have what's the use of that knowledge if you can't communicate it because everyone thinks you know you're full of yourself
1: when i was when i was ordained 38 years ago i remember my pastor in his sermon to me or to and of course it was basically directed toward the person being ordained he said sure. in all of the things you do with your people always love them always yeah you know, have the love of Christ go, you know, not not that you have it, but ask that the Lord would love them through you. I mean, it's so essential. Always love them. Even Christ says, a new commandment, do I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. You know, and we love because he first loved us. And that sets everything into the perspective. That's the type of community of faith that we should have, a community of Divine love, you know. That's right. I mean, you can use those words, but I mean, you know, it's and, and it gets very specific in this chapter.
0: Well, and I think that that's—I really appreciate you bringing that up. I mean, it, it, I think it really is appropriate for an ordination sermon, because, I mean, this really does speak, I think, to pastors— um, uh, I mean, among all Christians, but particularly, you know, I mean, I think that—I mean, I'm guilty of this anyway. You know, I think that we sometimes think, like, oh, I've got the most brilliant idea, or, you know, maybe we, like, get something out of a book or, like, in one of the Church Fathers or, you know, a, a conference or something, we hear a good speaker or, or just another pastor's sermon. We're like, oh, this is awesome, right? But the thing is, like, we try and we, we bring that in on Sunday, and it just, you know, just kind of like, yeah, but it just falls flat. Why? Well— <laughs> if you don't if you don't have the relationship with the with the people to like back that up like if if you don't have a a certain level of trust to be able to bring up certain topics it's like people just can't hear you you know i mean i mean and like it, i just right. I, I never got this for for just years but just you know even if it's like what you're saying is totally true and it's spot on. I mean, I think this is kind of like what he's saying in, in, in verse two. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, right? I mean, like, he's just saying, like, you can have the best idea and it can be the perfect doctrine and it can be the most inspirational way of looking at this. And no one will care and no one will understand <laughs> because you have to have love. I, I mean, it's uh, it it, re- it really is something to anybody who would try to, like, kind of solve all the world's problems. It's just like, you, you, can, you can have all the solutions for all of society's ills, and no one's going to care, because you have to love them first.
1: Right. Exactly. That's essential. And, and that's so, I think that's a very good—you uh, know, even if I, as, as he says uh, in verse 3, even if I parcel out everything I have, no, nothing for me, I just give it to everybody else, and if I even uh, deliver my body to be burned, myself to be burned— if that's possible, you know the martyrdom. Of course, maybe, maybe in some diabolical way it's possible, but I, you know, it, it means nothing then if if there is no love.
0: Yeah. God. Well, let me God's ask you love. about that. Let me ask about that too, because that really is interesting how how he moves in that direction, right? So he kind of moves away from um, like speaking words to if I give away all I have, if I deliver up my body to be burned, right? That's, um, I, I'm not, I'm not sure I, I completely get it, but I, I feel like it's speaking to me because I sometimes fall into this trap of like, okay, you're not understanding my words. Um, okay, well, I, I will demonstrate love with my actions, right? Like, look at what I'm doing, right? I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm working so hard, right? Don't, can't you see that I'm loving you, right? Um, you, you know, can't you see that I care? Can't you see that I'm a good pastor, right? And so I'm looking, looking at what I'm doing. But, like, I feel like that also can fall flat. I, I mean, um, I, I think that th- this is actually talking about, in some ways, just how indispensable love in conversation, like, love in, in words is. Because if you, if you don't have the words, it's like all those actions are just kind of going out into space. I mean, it's sort of like the old, uh, you know, if a tree falls in a forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Right? It, right, it's just you. You can do all these, you know, great, amazing, sacrificial things, but but you have to have the the love and the communication, um, which I think speaks to how important it is that there's an incarnation, not just that God would, like, oh, he he provides, you know, uh, rain for the just and the unjust. Like, no, he, he has to come and say something too, or else we were never going to get the get the message.
1: You know, and it's kind of like when people say, uh, you know, you should tell your family or your, you know, if you're a pastor of a congregation or if you're a member of a congregation, tell the people uh, you love them you know sometimes take the time to to it, it, just to to say that is, is there anything i can do for you you know just just a a loving yeah. concern for people and maybe maybe be sensitive to how they want to express themselves sometimes you we have to shut up and let them speak <laughs> to us yeah. you know what what is it what is it that's well how are you hurting you know so they and and, it, and it's not a thing like we're we're saying well this is how to love or whatever it's just something that comes natural and, and see the the thing that the, the apostle is saying. This is all. It's kind of hypothetical because if we have true faith, if we are reborn by the Holy Spirit, this is something that is a fruit of of our faith, and and he is he is working this through us as as Christians. That that is a lot. A person, a Christian who is a, having a living faith, is also a Christian who has a living love for God and for his fellow Christian and for everybody in the world. Even
0: the enemies. That, that, <laughs> that's that, yes, yes. Well, maybe maybe especially. <laughs> uh, and that and that's really well said too. Um, I mean, just thinking about uh, well, the, the comment you made about you know also just listening and being quiet. Uh, yeah, because cause conversation, right? That that's. Uh, that that's not a synonym for monologue, right? So right. There's, a, exactly. there's, a, there's a there's a back and forth, right? You know, in music, right? There's 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 notes and then there's rest marks, and the rests are important, also. Um, Absolutely. I, I, I want to kind of uh, try to. We got a couple questions over email that I want to try to group together here and kind of connect to what we're talking about. Kind of talking about the connection between faith and love or or charity um, is is the way of phrasing it here. So, like, what is this—I um, mean, so here's, here's the question, actually, just as, as it's worded here. Uh, what, what's the great—is—I uh, mean, know how to read this here. The greatest tool of faith today and yesterday is charity. So I guess, you know, is, is that the case? And, and so I think this is kind of getting at uh, what is the connection here between faith and love? Because he is using the word faith a lot, too, um, and he's, in fact, at the end, going to make a comparison— with faith and love. So what's the comparison? I suspect it has a lot to do with uh, the angel stuff, in fact. But uh, what's your take on it?
1: Uh, the word charity, of course, is how the King James Version translates agape in First Corinthians mm-hmm. thirteen. So that's where the word charity comes in, yeah. and of course, that 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 that, that really is it, it's an old usage of that word. Uh, you know, there, there's this shows the difference. But but uh, faith, love is springs from faith. You know, in other words, when the Holy Spirit regenerates us through holy baptism and the means of grace we have faith and trust in god and then the fruit of the spirit or in love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness uh self control so so in a sense you know love is something which just automatically comes with saving faith it's it's in it, and, and um uh you know it, it basically we trust in god's love and so that you know faith trusts in the love You know, if you like as a father to your uh, your dear daughters, you they know you love them and they trust and then they trust you implicitly as children would by the grace of God. And so also when God, God, of course, has demonstrated his love, you know, he you know, if you want to, you know, in a sense, God does it in the way that he does it, which is which, uh, you know, he works faith in our hearts. in the the message of of what Christ has said. That's why Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. And, you know, as as we see, as your children see how you love, that teaches them or, you know, or, or inspires them, teaches them, encourages them to love you and to love others and their children after them.
0: Well, and, well, and, I, and I appreciate you bringing good. up those different like pictures of, of love and faith because I, I think this is important, and I think it's important to recognize that there are actually different pictures of love and faith, and how and how that works in in the scriptures. That um, you know there is one picture where faith, as you were saying, produces love. That is faith is, is in the sense of uh, you know that trust, that relationship, that intimacy, and then love as like the uh, outward expressions um, and and the emotions and uh, the actions, right? So in, in that sense, you know, faith makes love. Um, uh, there's another way, though, of looking at it, and I think the scriptures do actually talk this way, and you kind of mentioned some stuff from John. I suspect that John actually uses this language at times, um, that love produces faith. That is to say that because there is love, there is already the intimacy and the relationship well, that's what allows, then, for um, intelligible expressions and, uh, and and knowledge of each other to develop, because you've got love as, like, the foundation. And and then you mentioned yet another one, which is that uh, Paul can talk about both of these things as being produced by the Holy Spirit. And I think, actually, it's that third one that Paul's using here in 1 Corinthians, where he said it earlier— um, Hey, guys, don't you know that it's the spirit, the same spirit that's giving you these, you know, angel powers, as you like to call them, uh, is also the same spirit that, that produces faith and are Christian. So I think that's the way that Paul's talking about it here that these are all things produced by the spirit. So, right. not actually thinking of it as a. Uh, you know like faith makes love or love makes faith but thinking of it in this perspective here so it's not like one's a tool for the other but they're all like gifts and so thinking of it that way i think that's how he ends up saying that love is the superior gift because love is the one that's eternal whereas faith in the sense that he's talking about it as a gift from the spirit is just something to see you through until the lord comes back
1: exactly Although as always he says you know you everything that you see now here in this life and in the church now is going to pass away, but you yeah. know that uh you know faith hope love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love i mean you know you will know that that those will continue in eternity in with God in our life with god and 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 that in other words to be you you want to uh be connected to, by the grace of God, those things that are eternal. Uh, that is love, faith, hope, and love.
0: Well, and, and I think that you're bringing us to this uh, latter section here really um, is, is helpful, because uh, of the way that he talks about this, um, especially in that, in that uh, verse that we were talking about There, I was trying to talk about the way you need to kind of emphasize it when you're reading it here, um, and he says this, uh, yeah, it's there in verse 12, right? Um, because he he uses these actual specific words for now, like this moment. <laughs> um, and, um, and and then like and there's another word that he uses like that that's kind of like uh, for right now, like still at, at the time, right. Um, but right. so when he says, um, so now faith, hope, and love abide, I mean, I, I think what he's saying—because it's really interesting, because in, in Greek, it's like, um, but now remain faith, hope, love, these three. So I think what he's trying to say is, you know, hey, guys, look around at the world. Right now, you can see faith, hope, and love. That's the world we live in. Like, you, know, you see all three of these gifts of the Spirit. But right. later on, there's only going to be one. Because uh, hope is just, is just what you have until you get the thing itself— faith right, right. is is as like how he's going to say it elsewhere is that is that certainty of the thing that that you don't see but well eventually you're going to have it so so faith and hope are just temporary love yes. is the thing that actually carries on and and so what, I mean I think that's so amazing the way he does that and it's so bold too is because you know you got these Corinthians that are so bent on look at me I have all my doctrine and I I Apollos came and taught me all this super advanced Christianity, like 800 level classes, Christianity. I know all the stuff about the scriptures, you know, and it's like, I've got all this stuff. And and Paul's just saying, guys, you know, that's really good stuff. Um, It's just temporary though. It's just, it's just an, it's just an okay thing for the meanwhile, I think isn't a good way of translating it in verse 12. For for the meanwhile, you know, we we see in a mirror dimly, but it, it's love is the thing that continues on forever, and that's it, it's so bold and especially so humbling for me, as I'm like trying to do a PhD. It's like I am devoting myself to something that is merely temporary.
1: <laughs> well, it, it is it is certainly rewarding, and it, and it rewards those who will be benefited by what you have to say. I would make an emendation on verse twelve. I liked, uh, yeah. you know, one of the one of the interpreters uh, for we see, you know, now as you said, now mm. rt in Greek uh, through a mirror yeah. uh, in enigmaty <laughs> and that the word there. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I like the translation is for we see uh, through a mirror by reflection. I think then instead yeah. of darkly or hiddenly by reflection, and then that ties in with it says then. That is in eternity when we're with God in heaven face to face. You know, so so you, because, you know, I always had this idea that what are they talking about, a glass? A, uh, you look in a glass darkly. You know, I'm, is it yeah. frosted glass? Is it, is it uh, you know, translucent? <laughs> or, is it, uh, or is it glass that's painted over? But it, 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 it refers to a mirror, okay, an esoprin yeah. or whatever that word. And it is, in, in, and as one interpreter says, as in a reflection, so our life now as we see see one another we it's we're looking at at ref, like like you look at a reflection in a mirror but then in in the life to come there's no longer going to be this reflection it's going to be face to face and that, and that, and and that's why he always talks about this partialness of our knowledge. Everything is in part. Part. You know, we don't know all of the pieces of the puzzle. You know, God is the one who has. You know, knows where all of the pieces fit in. And, and 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 there's the promise that in eternity, you know, we will be loved as we are fully. You know, we He will love us, and we will love as we are fully loved. He, we will be known as we are fully known. That He says.
0: Well, and I appreciate you bringing up the thing about the the mirror there because it is really interesting, and also uh, uh, it's fun to look at the Greek word you you, you were pronouncing it right, um, th- that, and it's really fun to actually look at that word in verse twelve because it is enigmati, like enigma, is <laughs> actually yeah. the word enigma. Uh, so I mean, it is the word for like a riddle um, or a puzzle, right? right. And 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 I, and I think that's that's fascinating to think about how they would have. Thought of mirrors that way because like we saw actually back in uh when we were reading exodus how the women brought their bronze mirrors and melted them down so they could be used for the bronze of the tabernacle because because you would use polished metals and if you've ever tried to see a reflection in a polished metal like you know if you got stainless steel like uh, appliances like a refrigerator kind of difficult to comb your hair uh, looking at a stainless yeah, steel refrigerator yeah. door, it's a little bit like a puzzle. <laughs> um, so I mean, right. I, I think I think that's the thing, right? He's just saying, like, guys, like once you can can uh, put away like the stainless steel door and get an actual mirror, you're not going to need like your weird life hacks and your like we, you know, these, these different kinds of knowledge and, and expertise, right? Uh, for trying to like you know decipher it like that, like what once we actually just see it plainly, there won't be any need for for faith and uh for faith and hope. And I and I think the same thing is with with the growing up thing. This isn't about the groom like finally maturing, uh, and, and so okay, he's ready for commitment. He's just saying, guys, like all the stuff I knew about you know Pokemon and Nintendo and you know Legos or whatever <laughs> when I was a kid. I I like. Th- that knowledge just went away. I didn't need it anymore. I didn't need to remember right. any of that stuff when I, like, you know, went to work. And, and I think that's the idea, is just kind of being like, hang on, guys, it will become irrelevant. It, I mean, it, it is obsolescent.
1: Exactly. And, and, and the, you know, and in other words, you're so concerned about, uh, you know, speaking in tongues or, or prophesying, all of that will come, uh, they will no longer be ne- needed. But what, is, what will abide is God. And love, and he who is love.
0: And, and I think that that really then goes back to the whole thing about the body. Then, because you know, how how is how is the body speaking um, to its other members? Right? You know, oh, I'm not a part of you. Right? Back in chapter twelve, or like, oh, you know, like I don't have any need of you, uh, and that kind of language, right? Like, if that's how we speak to our fellow Christians, we're really reflecting the way of the world that's going to pass away. Let's speak in that eternal right. way. the the eternal words of Christ who showed us love in his actions and in his words. Thank you so much, brother. I love our conversations. Uh, Beautiful chapter. Looking forward to have another conversation soon.
1: God be with you.
0: Thank you, brother. You too. Everybody, has Pastor David Boyce Clare, Faith in Bethesda in Pine Missouri. Moving on to Chapter 14. Till then, you I'm Pastor H A Espinosa. Peace. Standard Office of
2: National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift, safe, secure, and easily online at KFUO.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.